You're listening to Let's Go to the Phones on 92.9 FM, The Sack, the seventh most popular sports talk station in Philadelphia. Hello, hello, hello. It is I, Uncle Coggin, joining you once again on Let's Go to the Phones on 92.9 FM, The Sack. We're just going to jump right into it because boy, oh boy, do we have a guest for you. He's a fan favorite on the Phillies from the moment he was called up to the big to the big leagues in 2006. Uh, he has one of the most inspiring stories you'll ever hear, and he was a key part of the 2008 World Series champion team. Chris Coast joins us tonight on Let's Go to the Phones. Chris, thank you so much for coming on with us tonight. Yeah, hey guys, thanks for having me. Anytime I get a chance to talk Phillies, and you know, I live in Minnesota now, and I'm kind of from that area so you're probably going to hear a little bit of the accent come out but usually when i talk to people you know phillies fans i try to disguise it but trust me you're going to hear some minnesota come out pretty good when we do when we do this <laughs> just heard it yeah chris lean into it tonight for us man yeah come that's fine we, we, we want to hear it we want to hear it um so everyone in the city i mean everyone in the city knows your history and your experience of getting to the majors but just to rehash for some of our listeners uh you know, you spent the better part of 11 years uh, in the independent leagues and the minors before you got called up to the Phillies in 2006. Um, you know, I'm sure you get this question all the time, but I find this fascinating. Can you can you just walk me through, you know, when you got that call or when, you know, you learned that you were getting called up to the Phillies and then talk a little bit about the first day you actually got to the clubhouse? Sure. And it, it's hard for for me to tell this story without at least describing the 2006 spring training a little bit because it had such a big part of the story was, you know, I was a career minor leaguer. I was that guy that I always went to major league spring training. My number was, you know, anywhere from 62 to 99 on the other side of the clubhouse. And, and my goal when I would go to major league spring training wasn't really to make a team. It was to make an impression, to make sure that the the decision makers, whether it be Charlie Manuel or Pat Gillick in those days, Ruben Amaro Jr. was the assistant GM, make sure I had a good enough and recognizable spring training, just kind of put myself on the map. So when there was a need during the season, like there always is, my name would come up in conversation. And then after the first couple of games, I would get in. I had some big hits. Charlie Manuel started paying attention, started letting me catch a little bit more. And I, I ended up having just an amazing, amazing you know, spring training, it looked like I was going to make the team right out of spring training. And then at the last second, I, I didn't make it. It was, it was kind of heartbreaking. And there's a lot more to the story, but it was pretty heartbreaking because I thought, it, you know, it was by far the closest I had ever come. And when you get that close and then they send you down, you feel like, how am I ever, I'm a career minor leaguer. It's not like I was a, a, an inevitable call up at any point. I was going to go to AAA and and not even really catch very much when I almost made the team as a catcher. So fast forward five weeks into the AAA season, I'm in Scranton and I'm thinking when I got sent down, I hit like 465 or whatever in spring training. I'm going to hit 500 in AAA and I'm going to prove them wrong. And five weeks into the season, I'm hitting 177 and I just could not hit. It was incredible, and, and it was weird because I felt pretty good. I felt confident. My batting practice was good. I was as strong as ever. I was healthy. Mentally, I was there, but for whatever reason, it was the first time where I just was not having any results, and I just wasn't very good. 
uh, the morning, I believe it was May 21st, my phone rings. It's a Sunday morning about 10 a.m. And I looked and it was my AAA manager, John Russell. And when you're hitting 177 in AAA and your manager calls you, you do not answer the damn phone. You know, <laughs> so uh, I'm thinking I'm getting released. I really did. And that, that was what was even more amazing about that whole day was when I saw that caller ID, I almost cried. I, I thought my career was over. I didn't answer the phone. I let it go to voicemail. I checked the voicemail, and all John Russell said was, give me a call back. We got some things to talk about. Oh, and it was very monotone, no emotion, no nothing. Um, so I was pacing my hotel room. I'm in Scranton, PA. Uh, I, I called my agent first, actually. I'm like, my agent's name was Pat. I'm like, Pat, I, you know, I'm, I'm 33. I've had a pretty good career. I, I, I want to keep playing, but is it time to get into coaching or managing? My, my long-term play was I'll be a manager one day and make my, wake, uh, make my way to the big leagues like that. Uh, so I, I mustered up the courage to call up John Russell, and all he said was, hey, get your bags packed. You're going to Philadelphia. And as awesome as that sounds right now, I didn't know what he meant. And the reason why is when you're in Scranton, anytime that we would fly, uh, whether you're flying to, you know, play the Durham Bulls or the Norfolk Tides or whoever, you'd go through Philadelphia, go through Philadelphia and then fly. So I'm thinking, I got my car here. I don't, I don't need a flight home. I got my car. He's like, no dummy, get your bags packed. You're going to Philadelphia, you're going to the big leagues. And, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 in those days, I really tried to pick and choose my profanity because I, if I said the F word or whatever else, I wanted people to know that I meant it. Right. Right. So I basically said, you got to be effing kidding me. I, I mean, I let it fly. I was like, you know, and, and he's like, no, uh, you know, they got a guy got hurt. Uh, Salfasano took a ball to the cup because, you know, he's got a swollen testicle. Uh, <laughs> and that's true, by the way, he had a swollen testicle of all things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't put that in the book, by the way, yeah. but he did, you know. And so, um, so I, I get my car and start driving. And to add to the story, it's even stranger because when I started driving, I I, I realized that Sal Fasano's not going to go on the disabled list. So I'm just going to drive there. I'm going to find out that he's not going on the DL, and I'm going to get my car and turn around. This was a very common thing for AAA players. It happened countless times to teammates where it's called the holding pattern. You go there just in case the guy's going to go on the disabled list, and more often than not, it doesn't happen. I'm halfway to Philadelphia. I get a call from Ruben, Ruben Amara Jr., and he says, before you put your uniform on, you got to sign your contract. And I was like, well, what's up with Sal Fasano? He's like, oh, Sal's not going to the DL, but we had a guy retire this morning, which was Alex Gonzalez, who was a month younger than me, uh, decided to retire. He, you know, he had an amazing career, made a lot of money and a lot of success. And he retired, which opened the door for me, which was already on my drive. And that's, you know, that's how I got to call up. So, um, it's pretty cool. Cause I haven't told this story in a while. As I'm going through this, I'm replaying. And it's like, it, it's been, what has it been 15 years now? And it still feels like it was yesterday. That's, that's gotta awesome. be, that's gotta be one of the most stressful and exciting two hour drives you've ever had in your entire life. <laughs> And part of it was, as you can imagine, I didn't, I thought it was a, a dream. You know, when you're a career minor leaguer, anybody like me has had versions of dreams like this. I had had one just like this in January of that year before spring training. You're in the big leagues. 
you're convinced it's real and you wake up and of course you're all pissed off and disappointed or whatever else. So I was like on my drive and and it's, you know, it's like, imagine if you had won the lottery for a billion dollars, you'd be excited, but you'd also have disbelief like there's no way. And so I kept on my drive to, you know, down that turnpike, I kept waiting to wake up and here it is, uh, 2021. I still haven't woken up. So it's a pretty damn good dream so far. What was your man? What was what was John Russell doing with that <laughs> phone call? Just like, give me, Chris, give me a call. That's it. You click. know, it's funny because <laughs> most of the time, managers when they when they tell someone they're going to the big leagues, they try to have a little bit of fun with it, especially the first time. Like if it's a guy's first time, sure. they'll try to play it off, create a good story, and things like that. So, uh, you know, he didn't. I. I he has probably given that phone call or given that talk. Hey, you're going to big leagues plenty of times. And he didn't know how to give it to me necessarily. And the reason why is because uh, the Phillies game started at one o'clock. I was as much as he wanted to play around. He kind of had to eventually just tell me instead of, uh, you know, mess around too much. And I eventually, I, the cool thing was, is when I got to the park, it was, uh, you know, say one Oh five game. I probably got there at about 1255. So, <laughs> As players, when you're driving around the ballpark, players, we don't see the buzz of the crowd going into the stadium. We're we're already there. And it was like one of the first times I ever got to experience, like, this is what it's like when people are going to the stadium. And it was interleague game against the Red Sox. It was, you know, intense game, a lot of ticket sales, plenty of Red Sox fans there. It was a pretty hyped up game. And so watching the fans go into the ballpark was, was something I hadn't experienced. That was pretty cool. And then... I pull into the player's parking garage with my 2004 Mitsubishi Endeavor, which at the time I thought was a great vehicle until I pulled into the, saw the Mercedes and BMWs and stuff. But I pull into the, I pull into the parking garage and the parking attendant was, uh, you know, sir, uh, can I have your name? I told him my name and uh, he's like, I, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Uh, Chris uh, Coast. I, I, I don't have you on the list here. I'm like, no, seriously, I, I'm Chris Coase. I just got called to big leagues. I'm, you know, I'm with the Phillies. He's like, ah, Chris, I'm just kidding. I know all about you, but waiting for you. Welcome to the big leagues. Man. Even the parking attendants, were, uh, he had more fun with me than the uh, than my manager did. So that was pretty cool. Nobody made it easy for you that day, Chris. Nope. I was going to ask. Yeah, paycheck in a few weeks was pretty cool, though, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. There you go. I was going to ask if anyone gave you a hard time when you got to the clubhouse, but I think we have our answer. The parking attendant did. Yeah, parking attendant. No, and the, the cool thing was, is, you know, having gone through spring training, you know, it was an easy transition because I, I was in spring training with these guys. I got to play alongside of them, all the pitchers I had caught. Um, they were probably my teammates in Philadelphia that were probably more happy for me or as happy for me as like my family was because they, they kind of lived that spring training with me, kind of pulling through to me to make the team. And it was a pretty good story. And uh, so when I got there, it was the reception I got from, you know, all my teammates, whether it be Aaron Rowan, Jimmy Rollins, you know, Chase Utley, all those guys. It was, um, you know, they made me feel like I'd already been there for 10 years. That was, that was awesome. That's did great. you have a did you have a favorite pitcher to catch? Like one with the Phillies and two, like throughout your whole career? Really, it's a combination of Jamie Moyer and Cole Hamels. Because Jamie Moyer, you could take your glove off and catch him with a batting glove if you had to. You know? <laughs> you know, that's what we always do. We always joke about that. But it, it, Jamie Moyer was a lot of fun for a couple reasons. Number one, he didn't shake off very much. So when you put a sign down, he was just going to make that pitch. So when he did really well, you, you really, really felt like you were part of it. He, right. he really included his catcher in the game plan. So that, that was great. 
But Cole Hamels was by far my favorite because when he was on, those early days of Cole Hamels, man, when he had his changeup going, he's throwing 93 to 95 miles an hour. There are times you could tell the hitter, here comes a changeup, and it just didn't matter. And he just had moments where you wondered how he was ever going to give up a hit, you know, and he was uh, – so when I got to catch him, and I got to catch him quite a bit those first couple of years, man, that was, that was a lot of fun. Do you remember, um, I mean, I'm sure you remember it, but how well do you remember your first at bat? I, I have it here. Uh, it, I, I'll, I'll give it to you. May 26, 2006. Do you remember, you know, the situation? Do you remember who you faced? Yeah, I remember it uh, once again, like it was yesterday. It was a uh, hard-throwing right-hander, Jose Capion. There you go. Uh, there you go. About yeah. 96 to 98 miles an hour. And the situation was, I think we were down by one run. And my, mm-hmm. my thought was, if I ever, when I was in the minor leagues thinking I may never get there, I was like, boy, I was a notorious first ball fastball hitter. Mm-hmm. But I told myself, if I get to the big leagues, I got it may be the only at-bat I get. I got to make this last a little bit. But I, I watched this guy running from the bullpen just to face me, and he's got this razor blade slider. I'm like, if he throws me that first pitch fastball, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit. It's going to go 10 rows deep. I'm not going to let him get <laughs> that slider. Um, and so I walk up to the plate, and my walk-up song was, uh, it took a while to get me here, but I'm going to take my time. Uh, who was it? Uh, Gwen and E. Uh, excuse me. Gwen Stefani and Eve sung at night. <laughs> the lyrics go. It took it took a while to get me here, so I'm going to take my time. And I flew out in the first pitch. So there you go. Ah, You're swinging right? out of your shoes. Yeah, I mean, first you pitch swinging. Yeah, gotta be aggressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, the thing is, is it was somewhat uneventful. I ha- I, I felt like I put a great swing on it. It was one of those where. You know, an eighth of an inch, slight amount of timing, and, and I was right there. And and but to have it end that quickly was kind of an, you know anticlimactic to a certain thing. But um, part of me wishes I could have hit a home run that first at bat. But you know what? That first year, it's hard to take anything back because it. You know, I, I think I went 0 for 13 to start my season. But look at the back of that baseball card, baby. It ended up pretty good. <laughs> hey, hey. Well, then, how about your first hit, June 16th? Do you remember who you're playing and who you're pitching or who you were hitting again? Yeah, Tampa Bay. I think they were still called the Double Rays at that yep. time. And mm-hmm. I, I was 0 for 13 at the time. And I was swinging the bat pretty well, lining out, even lining out to the center fielder, hitting some balls pretty hard. Not not awesome, but just, you know, I was, I was swinging the bat pretty well. So I'm thinking, I'm, you know, I'm never going to get, how am I ever going to get hit? I can't get a hit. You know, I'm <laughs> hit the ball well. And I'm like, if I don't start getting some hits, you know, it's, I'm going to be out of here. And my first at bat in that game against James Shields, I hit a screaming line drive. At least I thought it was a screaming line drive to left center. Rocco Baldelli tra- uh, tracked it down like it was nothing. And I was like, wow. boy, if I can't get a hit on that, I'm in trouble. My next at bat, Aaron Rowan at third base, uh, sinker low and in, line drive up the middle. Uh, so my first hit was an RBI single that scored Aaron Rowan, who was first cousins with James Shields, who was the pitcher. So that's another weird really? little wow. tidbit for you as well. So that was pretty cool. And then I remember when that ball went up the middle for a hit, I smacked my hands together. I was pretty excited thinking, boy, I finally got that hit. They can never take that back. I got the first base, and I was like, I'm one for 14. I really suck right now. I better get some <laughs> hits or they're going to ship my ass out of here pretty quick. <laughs> and the hits, just, the hits just kept on coming after that. It was I went from I felt like I couldn't get a hit to where I couldn't make an out for about two months. I was lucky. I was swimming the bat well, but if I could break my bat in five pieces and 
the left fielder, the third baseman, and shortstop would die for it and miss it. You know, it's just uh, all of a sudden things just started to change. And, uh, you know, that 2006, man, and, you know, it, it's tough to really say anything's better than the World Series because it's not. But for me personally, 2006 was, was clearly incredible. You know, um, fans really took to you early on in your career, whether it was just your story or, like you said, you really – you really, you really started to heat up uh, a couple of weeks after you got uh, up to the big leagues in 2006. You know, how did you feel about, you know, the, the notoriously uh, fickle Philadelphia fans during your time with the Phillies? I mean, you even to, to the testament of your popularity, you even had a fan group at a time when the fan groups had uh, purely gone out of style uh, when Citizens Bank Park opened up. You had the Coast Guard. Uh, you know, I mean, that was very cool. Um, you know, what did you think about the fans when you were here and, and, uh, uh how did they treat you? Yeah, and I'm going to come back to the Coast Guard. So if I forget, you make sure you bring it back. I got a good story about that too. But w- when I first got to Philadelphia, you know, I was a good story. My story got out in spring training and I didn't make the team. And then I made the team and I was a good story, but I always, my, my goal was, okay, I appreciate the fact that I was a good story, but I want people to remember that I was also a pretty good player. So I really wanted to perform and not only just be a good player, I wanted to stay. I wanted to be in the Phillies because you could see where the Phillies were going. I mean, you know, think about those early years. Chase Utley was still slowly becoming a star. Pat Burrow was already there, but you got all these guys. Shane Victorino was going to become a star. Jimmy Rollins was on his way to being a superstar. Ryan Howard was already rookie of the year, about to be MVP. You could see Cole Hamels, so on and so forth. You could see where this was, was, was heading. Uh, and, and the Mets were really, really good. So we people kind of forgot about us to a certain extent. So I was really lucky to be there at a time when, you know, I started playing pretty well, so that made it easy. But we were such an incredibly likable team and started to win, especially 2007. We, you know, we snuck, you know, snuck it out from the Mets and won the division on the last day. And so I never – I was never really there to experience any of the negativity. I was there in 2006 when lesser expectations, 2007, we kind of defied the odds. 2008, we win a world series, 2008, we go back, we lose the world series. So I was there for the best of times. And I personally had some success and, and fit in nicely. I knew what my role was going to be. I wasn't going to be a superstar, uh, you know, things like that. So, you know, for me, the Phillies fans are the best fans on earth because that's the way it was when I was there. Nice. That was the perfect the, stretch. Yeah, that was the perfect yep. stretch to be on the Phillies. Yep. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, it was. And like I said, it's like you look at the superstars that we had at the same time. It's Jimmy Rollins, Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, uh, Cole Hamels, and the list goes on, right? I mean, all those guys in their prime at the same time, what a gift to just be a part of that. So that, that was part of it. But the, uh, the Coast Guard. So <laughs> when I started doing pretty well and we started slowly getting some wins, my first fan club, people don't remember this because it lasted one night. And here's what it was. <laughs> it was, I started playing pretty well and all of a sudden up in the, you know, whatever upper deck, it was the Coast Ghosts, right? Which <laughs> sounds pretty cool. But think about it. We had 10 guys up there with sheets over their heads. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> it's bad luck. And they didn't yeah, realize at the time. In fact, yeah. And so here's how it went. It was uh, they were up there, and I didn't think much. I'm like, oh man, I got a I got a fan club. Coast goes. This is pretty cool. Jimmy Rollins comes up to me, puts his arm around me, and like, Coast, what the hell is that? You know, because it looked <laughs> like it was a KKK. You know, and they, you know, and so that was the only night I think they realized that it's 
as good of a concept as it may seem, yeah. it was kind of a weird look, and it lasted one night, and then eventually <laughs> we went to the Coast Guard, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, Coast Guard's a little more wholesome, I think, than the Coast right. Ghost. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, at least, yeah. At least the Coast Ghost didn't also have a uh, a K count, a strikeout counter as well. And if they got to that third strikeout, it might have been a little trouble. Yeah, that could have been rough. <laughs> Do you have a? Did you ever get a Coast Guard shirt or anything? Do you still have it? I never got an actual shirt, but when I believe it was when we won the division in the last day of 07 and we had the big celebration on the field, I actually brought the guys that were there that day. I think there was four or five of them onto the field because they had made their way down. And I oh, actually wow. brought them on the field and got a photo. And I think it's, I, I'm pretty sure it made the book, but it's one of those pictures I'll always have because it's, you know, kind of signifies. I always loved fan interaction. Even when I was in the minor leagues, it was just one of those things where. I love fan interaction. I'm, I'm the world's biggest baseball fan, so I know what it's like to be on the other side and, and, and watch the game and see the players. And like nowadays, you'll see the occasional major leaguer like actually play catch with a fan during batting practice. I did things like that constantly. And it was just one of those things I, I love to do. If I was on deck in Atlanta, I was having conversations with the people in the first row. And, and so the Coast Guard for me was pretty special because it was that, that, that connection to fans that you're just not going to get and, and as a player, you if you're smart enough, you realize this is not going to last very long, so make sure you respect and, and appreciate it while you have it. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the, you know, one of the greatest moments, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say one of your greatest moments in your career, but uh, from my memories was uh, absolutely your forehead performance coming off the bench in 2008 against the Mets, uh, where you got the game winner. I think it was in extras, as I recall. Um be honest, how many times uh, have you searched those highlights out on YouTube and watched them? I haven't had to, and the reason why is because people, we, when that day arrives, people talk about it or send me the clips. I'll see it on Twitter on occasion. <laughs> but I do, I do a certain, uh, one of my best friends is one of our sports radio guys locally, and every time I'm on his show, which is probably once every other week, that's his intro. It's Tom McCarthy's call of nice. that last hit and four hits off the bench. So I get to kind of relive it constantly, but that game was, it was pretty surreal. It's another example. And I, you know, I'm a, I'm now a college coach. I also manage independent minor leagues and things like that. And I maybe don't talk about that game specifically, but I talk about that concept of man, you, you, you always know where your batting gloves are. You always know where your helmet is because at any moment you go in the game and you have a chance to help your team in that game. You know, I wasn't started. We were down, I think seven, nothing by the fifth inning. I think our first run scored, I think even maybe our first hit that we had against Pedro Martinez that day was a Clay Condry RBI double, maybe even, which is awesome. A reliever, one of my best friends. And then we crept back in the game, and I'm on the bullpen, you know, just warming up pitches. And before not, I'm in the dugout, and uh, Charlie's telling me, hey, uh, Coasty, uh, how about you go uh, to get that bat up there? And uh, <laughs> I got a, you know, I, I, I got a hit. Didn't think I was staying in the game, but just we, we kind of rallied and put some runs together. And it's like, uh, okay, you're gonna stay in. You're gonna stay in the game, and you know you're gonna catch. And before you know it, it's just kept extra innings, and I kept getting a hit and another hit. And before you know it, it was just uh, you know Brett Big at bat or actually plate appearance was Brett Myers right before me, which I know you've had him on your show recently. I didn't listen to most of that, by the way. That was pretty cool hearing his voice and stuff. Yeah, but, he was great. Um, you know Brett Myers was in there, you know, jockeying to try to get a hit, and Charlie Manuel basically it was was bases loaded, nobody out, and Brett Myers was up to the plate. And Charlie Manuel tells Brett, 
you do not swing the bat. You cannot hit and don't play. If you swing the bat, we're, you know, we're, you're getting fired basically right now is basically what it was. So Brett Myers is up there trying to draw a walk against, I think it was Scott Schoenweist. But, of course, he struck out looking, and, you know, I, was, I went up next and, you know, got the uh, game winning half that. But that, that was a great game. Unbelievable. Um, has anyone ever told you that your Charlie Manuel impersonation sounds a lot like Cliff Clavin from Cheers? <laughs> Well, everybody knows, yeah, that's yeah, Cliff Clavin. Yeah, not many people, you know. I like I said, I coach college baseball, so I'm dealing with 20 year olds constantly. They have no idea what that is. So good to hear that blast in the past. Yeah, come on. You got how do these 20 year old kids not know who Cliff Clavin is, Chris? Come on. That's right. They know who Jake Paul is. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so yeah, you did. You did mention you are the manager of the uh, Concordia College Cobbers. I, I always want to say Cobbers, but it is the Cobbers. I kind of like the um, Cobbers. That's a cool name. It is a cool name. Um, you know, who do you man? Do you man? Do you uh, model your managerial style off of anyone? Or is it just, you know, is it just you? It's a combination of a lot of guys throughout, throughout my, my time. Like I, when I was a player in all those years in the minor leagues, I knew I was going to get into coaching and managing uh, you know, things like that. So I was constantly absorbing things. You know, Charlie clearly had an influence on me, but one of my biggest influence was Eric Wedge. And you know, if you guys follow baseball, you, you might know his name. He was the manager of the Indians for a few years in Seattle, and now he's the head coach at Wichita State. But he was, he was a, a tough son of a bitch, that guy, but also awesome. That's the one thing about him, man. He, he could really, uh, you know, put his fist through a mirror type stuff, but at the same time, you knew that he loved you and he wanted you to succeed. He was on your side, but he would absolutely tear you apart if you didn't give everything you had. And I, I, there's times where I'm like the nicest guy in the world to our guys, but believe me, there's times where I regret being a little bit tough and, you know, things like that. So it's, it's a give and a take because the college where I'm at, Concordia, it's an amazing, amazing place. A lot, pre-med is one of our big thing. A lot of future doctors, lawyers, and teachers there too. But I'm dealing with some amazing, amazing guys that would love to play professional baseball if they could, but they're going to go on to do way more important things than me. So I forget constantly that, you know, they're not me. They're, you know, they're not dedicating their life to baseball the way that I did. And I still, I still <laughs> fight that sometimes because I want everyone to love baseball the way that I do, and it's just not possible. Hey, there any like, man- oh. Oh. Uh, I was going to say, Coggin, uh, Chris, were, were there any managers that you – like didn't really get along with even not even in the majors, but maybe in the minors or even in college that you you kind of took that, that experience and said, I'm not going to do this as a manager. Yeah. I had a few of those. I'm not going to name any names. Yeah. I don't want you to name them. Yeah. Yeah. If you play long enough, you definitely come across those guys. And in some ways it's a blessing because you really realize that, you know, that's what I'm not going to do, you know, or things like that. You know, I had a junior college coach that I had mixed feelings about because there was times I absolutely despised the man, and there was times I realized the positive impact that he did have on me, though. So there's a give and a take there, too. And not that I would coach the way that he coached, but there's certain things you can take or purposely leave out from any coach or manager you have. And, and I've, I've been lucky. I've been around the absolute best coaches and managers you can imagine and the worst and everything in between, and you find ways uh, to take and, and not take from all of them. Very nice. You've re- you referenced a few times tonight, uh, actually your book, the, uh, the 33-year-old rookie, how I finally made it to the big leagues after 11 years in the minors. Um, you know, I, I recall there being talk that it would be made into a movie a few years ago. Uh, 
you know, whatever happened with that? And, you know, I, I'm interested to hear, did, did it ever get far enough where they told you, hey, we're, we're thinking about having, you know, so-and-so play you in the movie? It never got to that stage. It was more me telling them, hey, if this happens, here's who's going to be me, you know. That, but then Brad Pitt aged out a little bit, as, <laughs> as did Matthew McConaughey, you know, things like that. No, but, it, you know, there was, when I was still a player, it was probably, you know, 2009 and 2010 is when it had the most traction but i didn't really in fact i i tried to stop that traction because i really didn't want a movie about yeah. me while i was a player and I, I never really had the desire to have a movie anyways like you know if disney came to me and and had talked i would certainly listen but it's not one of those things that i really uh need to have now you know if the checkbook gets out we're all listening aren't we right. that's the way oh, yeah. it goes but but it's, it's one of those things where you know, if it, if it goes that direction, I would certainly have that talk, but it's not something I really think about much, except for when guys like you ask me about it. But <laughs> I think the cool thing, the cool thing would be for my, maybe for my kids to, to, to see it or, you know, to see how it would turn out. But, uh, you know, my career far exceeded expectations. I get to live it in my brain constantly and I have my own movie in my head all the time. That might be a weird thing in a clubhouse. If one guy is getting a movie, made about his life while everyone else is just kind of like plugging along uh day to day i feel like that might uh <laughs> might cause some some a rift between a few guys yeah and if you think about the movies that have been made that are similar to mine that was well after like vince lapali for example and mm -hmm. and uh even jim morris the rookie and you know things like that so uh you know maybe the rookie part two at some point uh you <laughs> yeah know, you, you guys go. you guys got me thinking i yeah. you know maybe i'll call disney myself or that's right like make that. a pitch make a pitch that, or two that oh. disney plus me you, you don't say no to that disney plus money chris well, that's true. There's more money in Disney now than ever, isn't there? So they, they got a couple million to spend and there yeah. to be a drop in the bucket. Sure. Yeah, why we'll, not? We'll, we'll call Disney for you and we'll take yeah. a, we'll only take a small cut. Don't worry. <laughs> What's your percentage? You, I mean, the going rate, I've always been 50. told about 10%. You make oh. it happen. <laughs> you make it happen. We'll go 11%. Oh, oh that's beautiful. Perfect. Yeah. Right, yeah. I was thinking like 50, but we can, we can do 11. Fine. We can there do we go. any amount. That's yeah. right. Kevin yeah. Bacon as Chris Coast in the 33-year-old rookie. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Sure. I'm a better He's dancer a... than him. Hard to believe. But... <laughs> you, you, you think you're a better dancer than uh, Kevin Bacon, Chris? Absolutely not. That was a total joke. I can't <laughs> put that out there because people have expectations. I'm not a better dancer than Kevin Bacon. <laughs> He's got, Kevin Bacon's got the Philly connection, though. He was born in Philly. He's yeah, also, he's also of 60. So. Well, he's yeah, also 62, go. so that might not work. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chris, yeah, during go. your playing days, and especially more so in the minors, are there any cities that you just like despised going to, or like any hotels that you remember that were just awful? I got to be careful with this stuff, but yeah. you know, oh, yeah. okay. there's there's no place that I despise. You know, there's some places you like, but there's like like I really did not like going to New York. Um, but at the same time, I love playing baseball in New York, like play, even though, you know, Shea stadium wasn't the nicest, we played so many meaningful games at that ballpark that it, that it felt like the world series every time. And even though, you know, it, it was outdoors, especially 2007, when they hated Jimmy Rollins so much, those were some of the funnest games that, that the Phillies had since I was there. So, you know, Shea stadium, we, in 2009, we played at the new Yankee stadium. So that was pretty cool. But Really, all the cities, especially for me, because it was always so novel that 
it was hard for me to dislike anywhere. The ballparks, the, the food was amazing everywhere you go. The hotels, obviously, at the major league level. The, the team flights, even though some were long, I've been on, you know, 20-hour bus rides in Mexico. So you put a put me on a major league plane, and, man, I'm feeling like, well, a big leaguer. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Any travel horror stories like that from the minors, like getting stuck somewhere or anything like that? Well, there's, yeah, there's plenty of those, you know, <laughs> buses breaking down and Ugh. the amount of times where, you know, I, I kind of forget about this now because the major leagues was, was so great, but times where the bus might break down or, or major flight delays. So you may not arrive. I think there was one time we arrived to, to Durham at like five thirty, and we still played the seven Oh five game. And I, I think uh, almost on no sleep and a rough travel day. And I think we scored like 15 runs that day. It was just one of those weird things like, you know, you, you prepare for games and you want all this, you know, game preparation before the game starts and realize that when you are actually prepared, you can show up and, and do your thing. But yeah, there's some tough ones like that, but you still, uh, you know, even during the toughest times being in triple a was still really, really good because you're, you know, you're dealing with a little bit better hotels, travel, and you're so close to big league. So even during the toughest times in triple a life is still really good. Very nice. Um, you know, Chris, I, we don't want to take up too much more of your time and, and you know, we, we don't want to thank you again for coming on with us tonight, but um, we have one more uh, kind of fun thing that we have prepared, but I, I also wanted to say that any, any catcher that threw from his knees, like the coolness factor just oh, yeah. through the roof, man, just absolutely through the roof. Seen some of those old clips of you gunning guys down on at second base from your knees. Like in, in his prime, Benito Santiago was just out of this world, man. Yeah, for me, that was uh, when I first did that. I, I It was against Jose Reyes. It was an ESPN game against the Mets. And I was I was catching Brett Myers that night, actually. And we Brett Myers and I left the bullpen before the game. He threw his last one pitch. The relievers are out there. I'm like, guys, I'm going to throw out Jose Reyes for my knees tonight. Of course, they Joe, they thought I was just <laughs> joking, laughing, or whatever else. But that's kind of what I had done, like in the minor leagues when I had played winter ball in Mexico. I kind of started doing, and I felt like it, it worked better for me based on the situation or the pitch or whatever else. So I just I had gotten pretty good at it. So when I did it, I think it surprised some people. So it was. Uh, I, I now see like my catchers will try to do it. And I'm like, man, you need to go to the YouTube highlights and that's, that's how it's done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and plus it just looks super cool. I mean, Oh my God, there's nothing better. <laughs> Anybody can stand up and throw the ball to second base who can do it from their knees. Right? That's right. Absolutely. Now co-host Chris, you have a, uh, you have a, a, a an ending, yeah. a concluding segment for us that I think will be a good a good time. Here. Yeah. So before we before we start, how familiar are you with all of the teams, all of the minor league baseball teams? Like all across across America, all, what, what do you mean? all across America, independently, if, A through three A. Uh, not as much as I did when I when I was a player. I knew about okay. everything you could imagine, but things have changed a lot since then. But. Uh, Boy, now I'm nervous. So here we go. Make it happen. <laughs> so we have a game that we're going to play, and it's uh, it's called Real or Fake, where we have uh, eight teams. Uh, I made up a few of them. Uh, some of them are real, and I just, it's, it's called Real or Fake. So you just have to let me know if this minor league team is real or fake. Gotcha. All right. So this might even be uh, independent leagues, correct? Could be independent leagues as well. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Independent Chris, leagues we, typically uh, have some crazy, uh, some crazy names, so. 
yep. this will be tough. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and host my, Chris, should we? Uh, should Pat and I? Uh, you guess can participate as well? as well. They don't know. They don't know. Yeah, either. I don't I made know. these up right before we came on. So okay. Number one is the Hillsboro Hops. Hmm. Hillsboro Hops. Can I get a origin? Yeah, I can tell you. Spelling bee. Be, spelling bee joke, but yeah, it's Oregon. Hmm. Hillsboro. Oregon. Hillsboro Hops. Do they real. make beer there? I wonder. So real. You're going real. I'm going to go with the Hillsboro Hops. I think that's made up. We're going to go fake. Ooh. All right. I'll, I'll go with Chris, and I'll say it's made up. That is real. That is a real team. Oh my goodness. Real. Oh, no, yeah, that is a real team. <laughs> All right. Good start. All right. All right. We only have thirty three more of these to go. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's only eight. There's only eight. All right. Number two. The Roanoke Ranch Hands. Roanoke, Virginia. Ranch hands. Hmm. So to me that sounds almost more real. That sounds like that could be something. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go real. All right. I'm gonna say fake. There are there are no ranches in Roanoke. I'll say real. That is fake. I made that one up. Oh, jeez. Roanoke. That's a Crap. That's a good name, actually. That is. That's not bad. Yeah. No one wants to contact me. That's a good name. Uh, number three, Lansing Lugnuts, Lansing, Michigan. To me, that, I, that sounds like I've heard that before. So we're going to go real on that one. Yeah, I'm going to follow Chris on this. I'm going to say real. I, I think also with like the all the car manufacturers mm-hmm. and everything up there. That's my guess. Real. The alliteration. I'll say real too. That one is real. There you go. All right. Number four, the Boise potatoes. I say that to me, that makes it. Yeah. Go, yeah, go ahead. Rob. I like, no, I was going to say that's too, too obvious. I'm going to say that's fake. I don't think they play into the potatoes as much. I was going to, I'm right with you on that one. I, to me, it almost sounds too good to be, to be real like that. Obvious. I'm with you on that one. So I'm going to say that's fake also. All right. I'll say it's fake. That one's fake. All right. Everyone's yeah, good. There we go. Yeah. All right. Number five, the Henderson Hellcats, Henderson, Nevada. Hmm. Hellcats. A lot of alliter- alliteration on some of these. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if the Hellcat is based on an animal or the, uh, Dodge Charger for the car, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. So, I don't know. Um, or the Goldie Hawn movie. Okay, that too. <laughs> Hellcats. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fake on that one. The community doesn't like the abrasive nature of the word hell, so we're gonna go. Yeah, fake on that. that seems. Hmm. I'm gonna say fake as well. Yeah, I'll round it out and say fake. All right, that one's fake. Yeah, all right, come on. Be, all right, can't, Hellcats, can't say Hellcats. hell. No, yeah. yeah, I guess. Uh, all right, Asheville tourists. Asheville, North Carolina. To me, I, I, I feel like I have heard that before. Not 100%, but I'm going to go real. Hmm. Definitely a lot I'll of say, tourists out there. Yeah, I'll say fake, though. I'll say fake. I'll say real. It's fake. Damn. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. That's real. Oh, Sorry, oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you I didn't answer, make a note. I, I don't even know. I, I, all right. All right. Number seven. Two more. Daytona Tortugas. Daytona, Florida. Hmm. Two is a turtle. Yep, obviously Daytona, Florida. I'll say fake. Mm, I'll say real. I, I think that one's real. I think I've heard that one before. Yeah, I'm gonna go real as well. That one is real. Shit, serious. And yeah. our last one are the Racine Spiders, Racine, hmm. Wisconsin. 
Racine, Wisconsin. Huh. Wasn't wasn't Racine one of the teams in a league of their own? Yes, it was. Ooh, all right. Well, wow. that gives absolutely nothing. Yeah, it doesn't help. I believe it was the Racine Bills, but I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I will say that's real. Racine Spiders. I like I like the ring of it. If I ever start a team, Spiders is going to be in consideration. So I'm going to go with real. Yeah, that is a good name, actually. I'll, I'll say real as well. That one's fake. I made that one. Oh, up. Geez. oh there you go. God. That's it. That's 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 that was oh, hard. Okay. That was yeah, a lot harder than I thought it would be. Yeah. 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 Very nice, Chris. Well, hey, Chris. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on with us tonight. Uh, we had a, it was an awesome time. Uh, you were a great guest, and uh, thanks for jumping on with us. Yeah, and I appreciate you having me because once again, it's been a long time since I've been a Philly. But when I do things like this, it makes me feel like a Philly again. And uh, some of the best times of my life, and same for my family, uh, took place, you know, two thousand six to two thousand nine. So I appreciate you having me, and uh, you know, giddy up, go Phils. Hey, no problem, Chris. And yeah, and, and I, I did mention to a few people that we were having you on, and everyone did get very, very excited. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I mean, this is gonna. I think people are you still gonna got really that like buzz here, Chris. You still got it. Nice. All right. <laughs> right. That's Philadelphia for you. It's the positive of Philadelphia. That's right. They don't, they don't, they don't forget. Nope. They don't forget. Awesome. Hey, Chris. Thanks again, buddy. Good luck you on the. Uh, guys later. Good luck with the college yeah. team. Go yeah. Cobbers. Go Cobbers, baby. Cobbers. There you yeah. go. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks Chris. All right, that was Chris Coast. That was great. That was he yeah. was a great interview. Yeah, it was fun. He was very good. He was a- answered a lot of our a lot of loves questions. Uh, loves baseball. That guy. Loves baseball. Who does? Loves the loves the Cobbers. That is a cool name. I like the. Cobbers. I love the Cobbers. Yeah, corn Cobbers. That was cool. He was man. What a what Cobblers. A, yeah, what a cool story. Like I remember 2006 yeah. hearing that story and then being bummed out that he didn't make it in spring training. Um. But it, it was cool just seeing him come up. That that four hit game in two thousand eight. I remember watching that uh, from my Northern Liberties apartment uh, and staying up super late. I think it went in like the twelfth inning, and just being like, if he if he gets this winning hit, like it, it'd be amazing. And bam, I mean, it was so so cool. What a career! Yeah, talk about gratitude too. I mean, he he's got he's got a great perspective. He's just like he seems so grateful just for everything that that happened. So. That, sure. That's a great story about his manager just being like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah. Chris, I need yeah. you to call me." Yeah. It's the Chris, equivalent of it's me. equivalent of uh, I need to see you in my office at four p.m. on a Friday. Yeah, yeah oh, exactly. just think about it like all day. Just like, oh no, yeah. Can't yeah. you just tell me now? Like, yeah, tell like, me now. now. <laughs> like, please just tell me now. <laughs> that was super cool. Um, and I guess he is. I didn't know if he was still the interim manager. He, of that. Is, he said, "Yeah, that, that's cool." Yeah. He said he's still is the interim manager of that Moorhead Red Hawks, Fargo nice. Moorhead Red Hawks. I should have included that in real or fake. Yeah, that's a that's yeah. another cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's another cool name. But man, that was a great interview, and he was such a cool guy. Yeah, um, good dude. Yeah, and like go buy his said, book. I think Pat. I think you were the one that mentioned it. But what a cool, like, what a career! Like, he got in, he got out. He had a really nice career as a yeah. backup catcher. Mm-hmm. He had a bunch, role, like he said. Yeah, he had a bunch of moments that people still yeah. remember and still talk about. He got the a World ring. Series. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Got. I mean, a that ring. was the thing too. Like what he said. Like he was good. Like so many of those stories, yeah. like where they call someone up like that and they just like suck, yeah. and they just immediately forget about the story. He had like a good career with the Phillies. It was mm-hmm. a solid backup. He knew his role. Didn't mm-hmm. try and be anything yeah. more than he was, and he was just like good. Like his career batting average, like three over three hundred. And he got out crazy. just yes, got out just before wow. the uh, 
the collapse of the team. Yeah, the decline. <laughs> yeah, but I, mean, I was I was watching some of his YouTube clips last night. He did hit some bombs, man. He had yeah. a lot of power for a, a backup catcher. He was fun yeah. to watch. Well, that was one question I put in after, but I think it's a kind of an obvious answer. It's going to say throwing someone out at second or hitting a home run. I, I think hitting, that's so hitting a home run, hitting a home run has to be one of the best feelings in the world. But throwing someone out second definitely does not happen as much. Saying you're going to throw out Jose Reyes from your knees yeah. prior to the game yeah. and then doing it is pretty awesome. That's amazing. Especially Jose back then. Jose Reyes, too. Yeah, when he would, twerp. yeah, he would steal like 60 bases a year yeah. and torture true. the Phillies. The only, th- the only thing I liked about Jose Reyes is how mad he would get wheels. Wheels hated his guts. <laughs> he hated it so much. I have no idea why, but he, oh man, Wheels did not like him. <laughs> Disrespected the game, Pat. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Look at this guy out here. Look at what is he doing? Yeah, what a hot shot. What a hot head. <laughs> hot dogging around. <laughs> I think he actually said that, too. He Probably did. He definitely did. <laughs> Probably did. <laughs> I also did. Chris, uh, uh, we are going to have to listen back, but Chris Chris Coast's impersonation of Tri Manual is a spot on. <laughs> Clint Claven, yeah. spot on. Yeah, he, uh, if you didn't know, uh, baseball was uh, invented by the ancient Mayans. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's pretty good. That was uh, bad. But yeah, one. no, I was I was very incorrect. Uh, so his batting average in 2006, he finished the year with 328. There you go. Great on almost 200 at bats, which is an amazing year. Yeah. Uh, only 31 strikeouts. Even in 2007, uh, only 20 strikeouts. But yeah, his career batting average still 272 is very solid. nice for solid. a backup catcher that played, you know, four years. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh my goodness! But that was a great interview. Um, and I almost hate to move on. Yeah, I was gonna say. Speaking of not respecting the game, we can God, go I to hate, our next segment. I hate this next segment. So. I don't know who, who this guy is. By yes, the you way. do. You know who this guy about? is. Stop it. Well, who Pat is jumping the gun a little bit? Zach Hample, the uh, foul ball celebrated, guy. the celebrated foul ball ball hawk guy. The the Pat, the guy that's always at the games. Uh, he's like a forty something year old loser who like brings a glove to and like travels around to stadiums across Ooh. the country. Some, some of our listeners bring gloves to the game. Who? Not gonna. I'm not gonna. Oh my god! <laughs> if if they're older than 12 years old, they need oh, to go yes. the fuck up. Give him, give him, him, and, his, him and his dad. Him and his dad. Oh, PW? Oh. Yeah. It is dad. PW and VW. Too? Yeah. yeah oh, when he was in his like no. 20s, he would yeah. do it still. Oh yeah. no! Did his, did right. his dad? Did his dad buy him a little uh, 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 ice cream oh, helmet? Ice cream Sunday? helmet. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And did he, did oh, he fall asleep? With that. Did he fall asleep on his dad's shoulder on the sixth inning? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah holding him, him home. Yeah, yeah carry him to the car and take him home. <laughs> then he, yeah, he pretended to be asleep so his dad would carry him into the uh, yeah. house after the game. Anywho, so th- Pat, you know this guy. He, he's, he I, I know he's of caught, him. I like, don't know anything about him though. I really don't give a shit. Caught like eleven thousand balls or something. I'm sure yeah, he has. He just sits. Well, no, and he counts. He goes to like batting practice. Yeah. Catches, oh, that doesn't like, count. I know. I agree. And How does he go to all these games, though? I don't understand. He's, he's like famous now. Yeah. He, he, this, he, this is like his job. Like he, yeah. he makes uh, money by take. He uh, so did we even mention his name yet? Zach Hample. His name yeah. is Zach Hample. And he was at the Phillies game on Monday night. And I think it was in the second inning. Brandon Belt on the Giants hit a two run home run. 
and this this little troll ran down <laughs> the concourse. Virgin. Yeah, ran down the concourse after the his his little his little mitt uh, uh, pumping away, and he tried to jump over one of the Rose's seats to get the ball, and just fell completely on his back. And then in probably the best moment of the entire time, while he's on his back, he tried to like. Try to like do like a like a death heave like and like out lunge for, for the ball, <laughs> and so another, thank God another fan got the ball before he did. But it's just like it's a long line of just incidents with this guy where you're forty something years old and like you're still running and like getting in the way of kids and like taking taking home runs away from kids and foul balls yeah it's just enough's enough with this guy i've had it such a little didn't he have a big beef didn't he have some beef with the marlins man too for something yeah they like hate each other for some reason (laughs) so good there's some there's there is a big beef there i don't remember what it was but there is definitely a beef but that was him two biggest idiots like before philly he was in yankee stadium and he said he tweeted, and it's him holding the ball. And that was the that's the video Coggins talking about, where he literally like boxes out like a thirteen year old, good, and catches good it him. over him. Well, this is the problem though, because he he's running down the the aisle in, in this Yankees yeah. game. He's he's running down the, the aisle one. to the front row, yeah, where the kid has a ticket, mm-hmm. and the kid's sitting right under the foul, right under the home run ball, and this fucking forty three year old virgin. Like goes right next to him and just he's taller than the kid and he just puts up his glove above the kid, grabs the home run. It just like completely takes takes the the play away. Uh, Looks like a little looks like a little rat. He is a rat. He's a turd. But that's what he put up. He said, "Just caught my seventy second lifetime game home run ball." And so all of the other ones are not from the game. No, and he always he always he's like, "Oh, I I always give the ball to a kid," but you're taking away the moment. From that, especially yes. from the kid at the Yankee Stadium who was right there and had a glove, like he would have caught the ball. Yeah, if if someone did that and I didn't like, and I had a glove and I was ready to catch it, and some dork like that came, I would be so pissed off. Oh exactly. my here's god, a, here's I'd a be veteran... pissed off now. I'm 33. Exactly. Here's a veterans veteran stadium story. When I was there with my friend and his dad, uh, a foul ball. We were sitting like right in front of one of the big walkways you know how some of the seats were like essentially there was a big walkway in front of them yeah a ball a foul ball was like rattling around in that walkway i jumped under the railing and i literally had a ball in my hand and a guy just like ripped it out of my hand <laughs> good i'll never forget it that's that is something i will never forget good well you probably deserve that anyway. yeah probably did but you know me and that Weep. guy if that guy remembers but, it well, i mean this, I, I mean look the guy is an easy target but he deserves it he, he's got yeah. a long line of like he got kicked out of a game at Citizens Bank Park in 2013 for like swearing or something. And he like threw a shit fit on Twitter. Swearing. And then he swear. got, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And swear then, words. Yeah. The, and then the ballpark. He, and then like in 2016, he tried to like sneak into a veterans only minor league game. Yeah, like I remember he, that. Yeah, he's, he's like it was like stolen valor, basically, oh and like he, God, he tried to get in. Stolen and then valor. It is. You're not. You weren't allowed in unless you were. Yeah, a I remember that. It was just remember it was the, the tickets were only going to veterans, veterans, people yeah. that served in the military, in in the armed forces, and then he's like, 
I need a ticket to this game to get a foul ball. What did he I'm do? Like, like going shit. going in like a wheelchair, like pretend he didn't have any <laughs> yeah, legs yeah. or something. Like what? what yeah, the fuck? he did the the Tom Cruise Born on the Fourth of July. He didn't have legs. Yeah, no, that's a, what it was. American Hample flag. acquired a ticket. Hample acquired a ticket to a to the Fort Bragg game on July third, two thousand sixteen, at Fort Bragg Stadium. That was meant for active duty military personnel <laughs> and their friends and families. Uh, there you yeah, go. Loves he the game. Offered, he offered a thousand dollars to anyone who would give him a ticket. Why did he want to go to this game so? Bad? I have no idea. Because he's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> and he had to. Uh... Oh wow! They <laughs> on his Wikipedia now. Uh, one of the segments is is a falling incident on April nineteenth, twenty twenty one. Hample fell while running to chase a ball at the Giants vs Phillies game. Did you just put that in there? No, I That's wish great. I did. Why does he have a friggin' Wikipedia? He's like semi famous. Like people oh know who God. Zach Hample is. He's verified on Twitter. He was like, yeah. 40,000 followers. And then going back to that, like, Fort Bragg game, he, like, he he did this whole big apology that just was basically summed up as, like, I, I, I just really wanted to go. Like, yeah. that was his apology. <laughs> I love baseball I so much. So I need another baseball. He tried to catch a ball out of a helicopter or something. Oh, God. I wish it went through his fucking skull. And then he... Oh my and then God. he uh, cares about this dork. He lied about the altitude on it. Just <laughs> heard, and he's not recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records. And then he remember he like he went on social media a couple years ago and like got all mad at Clayton Kershaw because yeah, Clayton he, Kershaw he, wouldn't give him a ball. Yep. He's like, "Why won't you give me a ball?" And Kershaw was like, "You've got enough already. So like, give it about, to another kid." You have about seven thousand yeah. of them at home. Oh my god! His Fuck father, his father was named Stu Hample, and he was yeah. a he was a comic. Uh, like a uh, a comic book author. Oh, and he did a comic called um, Foul Ball Man. No, Inside Woody Allen. Oh, oh boy, God, yeah, it sounds like a real loser. It sounds like <laughs> a real family. Yeah, seriously. Inside Woody Allen was an American gag a day celebrity comics comic strip about the comedian and filmmaker Woody Allen. Oh, fuck Stu Hample and his dumb the strip. Kid. Ran from October fourth, nineteen seventy six, to April eighth, eighty four. So eight years he did a thing about inside about woody allen probably probably bought, probably bought yeah brought zach campbell to like meet woody allen on several yeah. different occasions tried to um, marry him yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's I'll a give big... you, i'll give you a i'll give you a baseball if you marry me yeah <laughs> yeah the big beef between zach campbell and marlin's man was over the fort bragg game more marlin's, marlin's man, man oh marlin's man was not happy about that he's a uh I guess part of a military a family or something. Guy. Oh yeah, big troops. And then guy. it was a big thing where it was like, uh, apparently he had proof of how uh, Zach Campbell got the tickets or something, and he kept saying, <laughs> "I'm going to release it." And this is the tweet from Marlins man <laughs> at Zach Campbell: "By 6 p.m., you come clean, or I will pull the proof. <laughs> Maybe losing friends along the way." Hashtag I don't lie for anyone. Oh God. And then they, he posted like all these texts between the two of them. Oh my God! God, two, yeah, two, two people two that should scumbags. just yeah, really, oh, that's great. Really go away, Zach Campbell. Un- unblock me on Twitter, please. I love you. Glad we talked about this. It's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Zach Campbell is just uh, enough of him. I did enjoy how just everyone on social media just reveled. Oh, it's incredible. In the clip of him just eating shit at the Phillies game. Oh, seems a little mean. Seems like there's some no, cyberbullying going on yeah. against Zach Hample. Pat's a big a closet Zach Hample yeah, I'm a, guy. I'm a Hample defender. Hample 
Hamplelite. Ham- a real Hamplehead. Yeah, Hamplehead. <laughs> Final tweet from Marlins man. Not going to take any more abuse from Hample's relatives and friends <laughs> to support his lies. I block them from my page and they make new pages. That was it. That's the end wow. of the beef. Wow, Marlins man. I, I think uh, Hample, I think Hample might have might have bought Pat off with a few foul balls before yeah, the show tonight. Yeah. Fort Bragg foul off. balls. Yeah, Mark, yeah. Off yeah. a one once in a lifetime moment to own a Fort Bragg home run yeah. hit by a <laughs> by a Vietnam vet. Yeah, I, I was a I was a major in the uh, Iraq War. Let yeah. me in. <laughs> what? So that game was it like a minor league game or was it like actual it a, veteran playing? It was a minor league game. I think. Oh, I thought it was like no, a veteran. No, veterans no, like no, it was. It, a, was, it? it was. Yeah, it was uh, the Marlins versus someone else. Oh, yeah, that's why Marlins made was, was involved. Yeah, it was a Sunday night baseball game. So everyone, that's his thing. It's like, oh, he wanted to be on TV. Well, no, he said, uh, Marlins man wrote this big thing on Facebook and it said, like, I've been asked to explain why I'm not, why I'm in, why I am not at Sunday night baseball. Uh, and he's like, nobody I wanted to go. Him. I got, yeah, nobody asked him. <laughs> yeah, one, exactly. Maybe one person fucking with him was like, hey, where are you at, Marlins yeah. man? <laughs> yeah. So many people are asking me. Um, yeah, and he said I, I was offered tickets. I turned him down. Uh, it's not a troop. I have no idea how the guy who catches fly balls got in, unless he is a military veteran with a Department of Defense ID. His attendance also precluded a now-serving military member from attending this historic mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm. Good point, Marlins man. Very good point. Good point. <laughs> I'm firmly in Marlins man corner when yeah, it comes to sad. Marlins man. Versus and he said Zach I would Campbell. not. I made a decision. I would not defraud anyone. And respect the decision of Fort Bragg and the U.S. military that no civilians would be allowed. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Thanks for right. your service. Stolen Valor. Marlins man knows. <laughs> stolen Valor. He knows it. Yeah. He knows it is it. Stolen Valor. I agree with you, Coggin. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. He's pretending to be in the yeah. military. It's okay. For the love of the oh, game. Yeah. Pat, yeah for the love Pat of the game. Fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mm-hmm. guys don't know baseball like me and Zach. <laughs> yeah. We're big Doing baseball stupid, guys. Yeah. Hamplehead, Pat Hamplehead. Right. <laughs> People really gonna know who this guy is because I. Yes, everyone knows who. This everyone guy is. knows who he is. Yeah, really? he's like very how'd, famous. How did he slip under my radar? Yeah, you're real know. in tune. You're real in I'm tune. Just so base. I don't Pat. care about things like that. You know. Mm-hmm. People that are mm-hmm. under me, like him, yeah. <laughs> like Zach Hample, Ugh. his weird father, Stu. Yep. Stu Hample, spelled S T O O. S T O O. Yeah. Ew. Really? Yeah. S T O O. We should ask. We should tweet Zach Hample on our Twitter. I I'm. I am firmly blocked by I'm Zach Hample. We are not. All right. I'm gonna tweet him real quick. Yeah. Say, come Let's on say the what? show. Uh, something about on. inside Woody Allen. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hey, yeah. Did you meet? Tell us Hi, all about. It. Did you meet Woody Allen, pervert? Can you. <laughs> <laughs> Can you regale us with some regale child us. childhood memories? Of Woodsy Allen, Woodsy, Woody, Woody Allen, Allen, and what? What's inside the comic Woody called? Allen. And inside, inside Woody Allen. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'll say inside Woody Allen. It was essentially just him. Is one of my favorite comics of all time. Oh, God, <laughs> where are you tweeting this from? The show account? Yeah, actually, maybe I shouldn't do this for our show account. God, yeah, you, you love you love to take you love to take more chances yeah. from the show account <laughs> than your own account. <laughs> Getting us in, getting us yeah. in bed with weird Sandusky yeah. truthers. Oh, that me, guy. Um, yeah, 
Let me uh, just say, I, I will stop eating the trash. And we are not going to talk about that guy because fuck him. Yeah, yeah I, agree. I agree. We will yeah, talk about like, Zach Campbell, though. He asked to come yeah, on the show and he will not come on the show. No, he will. The only way we'll let, let him come on the show is if he publicly says, I'm not even going to say that. Let's just move on. Move on. Move oh, on. man. This uh, Inside Woody Allen Sunday comic strip is not good. No. Give, give me, give me one, Allen? Chris. Give me one. <laughs> There's one with, of him laying in bed. Mm-hmm. It's Woody Allen, a character of Woody Allen tucked in up to his chin. Oh, I'm laughing already. And it says, <laughs> why, it says, why can't, the first panel says, why can't life be fair? And then it says, or better, heavily weighted in my favor. That's what? it. What? <laughs> okay. Oh, here's stuff. a good one. Wait a minute. Here's a good one. All right. This is one. Okay. Woody Allen is looking and he's, he's thinking as a thought bubble. He says, I may have to break up with her. Next panel. I mean, I don't mind if a girl's if a girl mothers me a little. Next panel. But when she starts to dandle me on her knee. That's the end. Dandle. What is like dandle? I don't know. A very buxom woman. Yeah, there's very uh, there's a lot of uh, that's a very um, recurring theme in the show in the comic strip. Here's one. He's at. Oh, that look like his daughter. He's at. Yeah, no, they don't. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Uh, he's at like a psychiatrist's office. He's laying on the couch. You know, I suddenly realize I mostly go out with women who women who remind me of my mother. So what? Everyone reminds you of your mother. Not true. I once dated a woman who didn't. She reminded me of my aunt Pearl, and not of your mother. Not a bit. My mother doesn't have a mustache. Oh, Woody. <laughs> you know. You know what? Stu Hample here. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little inside baseball here. Stu Hample, his artwork reminds me a lot of um, Family Circus. No, not Family yeah. Circus. What's the What's Blondie. the comic with what? No, what's the comic with like the two the uh, not the Dagwoods Lockhorns? It's like the Lockhorns. Yes. Yeah, it does a little bit. Reminds yeah. me, this guy's ripping off the Lockhorns. Yeah, it's true. The hell? Wait, let's see. Maybe the Lockhorns is an American classic. Is it? Oh, I love the Lock I love the Lockhorns too. Why? Why guy guys always like real drunk with like a lampshade on his yeah. head. Yeah, Wife always on. has to make some some little remark. Some little we've already talked. About, we've already talked about the Lockhorns yeah, like a hundred <laughs> times. Um, we do have voicemail. Oh, oh, we do. I have. I, I mean, I mean a, a call. We do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, oh, a call. Yeah, someone is. Um, Switchboard is lighting Hample? up over yeah, here. Switchboard yeah. is lighting up. It's Stu Hample. Yeah. Stu Hample, line two. You'll, you'll be hearing from my attorney yeah. if you continue this inside Woody Allen. You'll be hearing from my attorney, Soon Yi. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Can't even say her name. What's the big deal? Uh, okay. So uh, what is I didn't even here's know a call. we had call a call. And says, to get a quote right now, please press one. Or please press 7 to have your name removed out of our list. Again, please press 1 to get a quote on your life insurance and save some money. Wow. Did you get a quote, Chris? Thank you, caller. Yeah, thank you. Did you get a quote? (laughs) No. What? Did not get a quote. Yeah. Why not? Come on. Wow. That brought everything to a crashing halt. (laughs) We had to end the Stu Hample yeah. talk. <laughs> no, I, I still want to keep talking about Stu Hample. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. 
Root, root of, no, no, whatever. I'm trying to think of a stew pun. Can't think of a good stew pun to make. Nice meat mm. stew. Yeah, meat stew uh, example. Meat stew. That's his, yeah, stew that's his, that'd, that'd be his biography title. Meat stew hamper. All right, let's on just, so many levels. Should we just end this? <laughs> Chris's, Chris's voicemail early came. Oh, I know. At a very inopportune oh, time. We were cru- oh, cruising. We were oh, vamping. Yeah. Mm-hmm, uh-huh. mm-hmm. Snapping around. Bebopping and scatting all over. Stu yeah. Hample and his dumb kid, Zach Hample. Did Zach Hample ever uh, uh, reply to your tweet, Pat? I didn't know. You, you shamed oh, you me, so it? I didn't oh, you do didn't it. Do it? No. Oh, you should still oh. do it. Hey, you got to do it now. Cheers. Yeah, it's a big deal. All right. The Phillies they, are they up six. They're up six four. Hey, exactly. They just they, they better win this series. We should have talked about Gabe a little bit. We That's what this talked episode about is Gabe a little bit. Yeah. Ooh, bomb, I don't think there's any. Should you have, bomb. That was a big debate this week. Boo Gabe or not? Yes. Who cares? Who cares? Not Gabe. Why Who not? What are you going to do? Cheer him? Just don't do anything. Who cares? Doing nothing is not not an option. We just yes. gonna sit there and what? Oh, hey, yeah. Up? He was a, he was a nothing. So that's that's what I mean. Who cares? He stunk. Not for him. I think it was he had good. bad he had bad teams, but he was dumb too. Like tonight, uh, watching the game, something like, like this would have driven me crazy. Something like seven out of the first or eight out of the first nine batters swung at the first pitch. And like, I don't I like think any of them got a hit. I like that. It was an analytic bullshit. I like that. <laughs> Get out of here. Gabe. Good job, Gabe. Yeah, that's right. Job well done. Job well played, Gabe. Yeah, he deserved to get booed. Hell him. I don't know about booed. Did you see Eskin was like, uh, did this did this game mean anything more to you? And he just like gave like a canned like, no, like every game means the same. He's like. Did yeah. it really not mean anything to you? He's oh, like, no, oh, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> that's getting so dumb. He just goes there. He too. just goes there and asks questions. That's it. He doesn't write anything. He doesn't use it for a show. Like he just goes no, he just and asks around, questions. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, he just wants to be a nudge. Mm-hmm. He wants to be seen. Kind of respect that, actually. I don't know. Pat, did you tweet it? Yeah. What did you say? Said, Let's hear it. I said, hey, at Zach Campbell, I'll trade you the Phillies Alex Bohm home run ball for your family's weird inside Woody Allen comic collection. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That's See what he good. says. All right. You'll be hearing from my lawyers. You'll be hearing from my lawyers, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Bob from online already retweeted it. Oh, good. Bob. Good. Our good friend. Bob. Bob. I need that. Bobby. All right, yeah, enough with Gabe. The hell with him. He got yeah, booed. I, would, I wouldn't. I, I feel Why? like the the more appropriate like response to him is just like nothing. Exactly. Just, like who just cares? Who cares? Who, who cares? I think it's I better just like the not like the no response. Yeah, just, just like, like you literally uh, meant nothing yeah. to the organization <laughs> for the two years you were here. I can't even like muster up enough anger to. Bo- I mean, I probably, exactly. That's what if I, mean. I was like, there, I would have booed him. But what what was it? What were those teams supposed to be? Like nothing. Do you guys want to hear in this? I haven't thought about this in like 15 years, but this is one of the this is one of the douchiest Philadelphia sports calls I have ever heard in my entire life. It was when Bonds was uh, the season that Bonds was going to set the home run record. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everything came out about the steroids, blah, blah, blah. I remember this like it was yesterday. How it was Howard Eskin's show. And he was like, you know what? They were talking about basically like what we're talking about with Gabe Kaplan. Like, what should fans do? 
when Bonds comes here. This one guy called up. And he's like, he's like, man, I got it, Howard. I got it. When Barry Bonds comes, his first at bat, everyone in the stadium stands up, crosses their arms, and everyone turns their back to him. <laughs> and Howard Askin was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, no one is going to do that. No. It's so stupid. Like, it's not going to do anything. He's like, and man, can you picture it? No one, no one's saying a word. It would just that, that would just mean so much. I still remember that call to this day. Uh, and just being in the car and like hitting my steering wheel. So I mean, like that is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> that's what that's what like high schools used to do when they'd like announce the the opposite team uh, lineup. You'd turn your back. Yeah. Ugh, and then every lane sucks. I'm getting like goosebumps, like thinking of like people doing that and being like, or like some just someone like, oh, oh my god, that's so cool. Yeah, like that's that. so cool. That's really good. <laughs> that's a really show multi-million dollar best hitter in baseball. Yeah, ever. And then and then Bonds hits like. A screaming line drive like foul ball just like brain somebody yeah. that's not looking <laughs> kill someone yeah <laughs> well do you remember like that whole thing he was um he could have set the record here yeah he he was like on pace and they had a series against the phillies i remember being like oh my god and he hit one off like the mcdonald sign in right field like off yeah. the third deck, i was there essentially it was off yeah. of john lieber i was there yeah uh, the phillies won that game but Oh my! He, he we might have all been there. Was, that was one yeah. of the hardest hit yeah. balls. Like, he cracked it off the yeah. McDonald's thing, <laughs> just right off of Fat John Lieber. Yep. All she wrote. Ugh. Oh boy! My all God. right. Well, do we have anything else? It's a good show. Very good. show. Yeah, it was a good Very show. Good, show. Mm-hmm. good. Some good insight. We should have asked Chris Coast if he likes Inside Woody Allen. <laughs> if, he, if he enjoyed reading that on long bus trips to. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's the only thing that got me through my 11 years in the minors. Yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh, whoops. Me and Stu. Me and Stu. What, what are you uh-ohing about? No, I'm saying if he said oh. that. Yeah. Nah. He wouldn't say that. No. I know. Friend of the program, right, Pat. Friend of the program. <sighs> Anything else? Anything else, boys? No. Nah, that's it. Oh, no, we're good. All right. Yeah, go. Uh, uh, homework for the listeners. Go read a couple... Uh, Inside Woody Allen comic strips and uh, leave us voicemails. Leave us voicemails about your favorite ones. Yeah, yeah please. They're don't. a real laugh riot. Please don't. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, please do. Please Hopefully do. this this creep doesn't come up again in a later episode. Yeah, we'll have him on. I'll have him on. Woodsy. Yeah, yeah. I'll have him on. Zach, no, Zach Hample. Just hang up oh. on him immediately. Yeah, see ya. We'll do Bye, a Zach. gotcha. We'll do a gotcha journalism interview. Yeah. Yeah. We'll bring in Woody Allen on yeah. the same <laughs> same line. Like Zach Campbell used to uh, come to my, uh, used to try and catch foul balls in my New York apartment, and break everything, <laughs> my living room. Can you do yeah, a Woody it'll Allen? Just it'll just be me. It'll just be me. No, I'm not gonna do that. I can't. Nope. Yeah, I can't nope. do a Woody. Well, let's Allen not person. even try to do yeah, that. True. I wonder. Um, Don't even go there. <laughs> I wonder. Uh, was this like? I don't know, Zick. <laughs> That's all right. Uh... I wonder if. Uh, oh, here's a here's a good one. You're a little one. too old for me, Zach. Oh, <laughs> I'm a neurotic little nerd who likes to sleep with little girls. <laughs> Simpsons. Um, all right, let's end this thing. Well, I wonder if it was like blessed by him or something, or if this guy just made a comic about him. It definitely was. I'm sure he was part of it. I don't know. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way he just. Did well, when he comes on, we'll ask him. 
Yeah. There you go. Okay. All right, boys. That's it. Good Goodbye. stuff. Peace. <laughs>